A little hidden history, a little pedagogy, a lot of ways we can improve our teaching and mindset so that our history and social studies classrooms tell a more complete, diverse human story. I'm Cheryl Ann Amendola, and this is the Teaching History Her Way podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Teaching History Her Way podcast. My name is Cheryl Ann Amendola, and I am your host for this evening. I am so very excited to have Katie Kinder with us today on the podcast, and we're going to be talking about the elephant in the room, CRT, um, and teaching around it if there are laws in your state that uh, require you not to teach what some people think CRT might possibly be, and we'll get into that in a moment. Um, So Katie Kinder is an instructional coach, professional development leader, and author of the newly released Untold Teaching Truths. She has been an educator since 2006. She believes that life is fun and learning should most definitely be fun. I'm with you there, Katie. Hook your students, embed music, gamification, the family classroom, and relevant content. A teacher of the year, top five district finalist, OKC Rotary Teacher of the Month, and top 100 educator in Oklahoma on Twitter, Katie has learned a trick or two in the classroom. So come on in and have some fun and hook your students from day one. That's adorable. I love that. Welcome, Katie. (laughs) Hi, Cheryl Ann. I'm so happy to be here. I am so happy to have you. Would you mind telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes. Hi, friends. Um, I'm Katie Kinder. Uh, Cheryl Ann just did a a phenomenal job. Um, but I, yes, I've been teaching since 2006. I was an English teacher for a long time. And then recently I've become an instructional coach and I teach these two precious classes in the morning. And then I teach the teachers, um, in the afternoon. And what a lot of people don't know about me is that I, I didn't go to school to become a teacher. I'm alternatively certified. So I stepped into the classroom for the first time with zero training, none. And so from that point on, I have just continued to evolve and get better and learn from others and fall flat on my face. Cause you know, when you're teaching, that's what you do, especially if you're taking risks. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. I um, raised in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, and then I'm from, uh, I'm in Oklahoma City, and I'm in Putnam City Schools. So you are in a state where there is an anti-CRT bill that was passed, and if I'm, if I'm getting it correct, it's Oklahoma Bill 1775, and I'm wondering yes. if they picked that number on purpose. Right. Um, I, it was hurtful, mostly because I believe Governor Kevin Kevin Stitt is not for public education. He's shown that over and over again. Uh, his kids go to a very private, very conservative Christian private school. And he has done some, he's a villain to public education. And so I believe that we will be electing someone new soon, but it's hurtful. I don't even think that he knows what CRT is. I think a lot of people, if you ask them, couldn't even define it. So I've been fortunate in my district that I haven't run into any parents who have been up in arms, that I work in a very large, very urban district. My school is a Title I school, and most of our student population are Black, Indigenous, people of color. And so I haven't run up against that, but I know some friends who have in other districts and 
you know, districts that are out in suburbia. Um, so I know that it's been challenging. So I know my very first thought was for my black and brown teacher besties, because I just feel like, you know, as soon as it's like two steps forward and like 18 steps back, like for them. And I want to be able to help and fix it and use my privilege to shine a light on it. And so I tried not to make them like, I tried not to send a text or call like right when it happened because they were processing first. Um, but when school started back up, I have had some conversations with some of my, my teacher friends about it and it's unfortunate. And what's interesting to me about CRT coming into, coming into the limelight, it's first of all, I am trained to be a teacher. I, I went through history teacher training and social studies teacher training, and I, I studied political science. I have an MA in, uh, in social studies education and in, uh, and in history. And I have never, ever come across the words critical race theory in all of my studies. Ever. So this was something that was new to me. And I actually had to look it up to see what it was. Now I teach in an independent school and I am in, in a diverse area of the country. I live in New Jersey. We're the most densely populated state. There are lots of people here of lots of different backgrounds and lots of different colors. And, um, there are still people here who are talking about it. And there are districts in places around me that are talking about it. And there are independent schools in my area that are talking about it. Now, luckily, our governor didn't help pass a law like that. We actually just passed a teaching diversity bill, which is really nice and comforting. It's um, awesome. Yeah. But um, I, I wanted to read from the Oklahoma bill because I feel like the CRT laws that I have read all over the country, the ones that have passed, they use language that is, is very tricky that can either get a teacher in trouble for teaching their regular curriculum, teaching about Jim Crow, teaching about the civil rights movement, teaching about enslavement, um, because they're so vague. They're so vague that they almost sound like they're nice. They're so, so vague. Yeah, please read it. So I'm reading from uh, bill number 1775 from the House in Oklahoma, and it's section one. Uh, from it's section one, clause B, and then one A. Uh, no teacher, administrator, or other employee of a school district, charter school, or virtual charter school shall require or make part of a course the following concepts. A, one race or sex is inherently superior to another race or sex. B, an individual by virtue of his race or sex is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously. C, an individual should be discriminated against or receive adverse treatment solely or partly because of his or her race or sex. D, members of one race or sex cannot and should not attempt to treat others without respect to race or sex. E, an individual's moral character is necessarily determined by his or her race or sex. F, an individual by virtue of his or her race or sex bears responsibility for actions committed in the past by other members of the same race or sex. G, any individual should feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress on account of his or her race or sex, or H, 
Meritocracy or traits such as hard work ethic are racist or sexist or were created by members of a particular race to oppress members of another race. So vague. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. However, there are, you know, the fact that I grew up in Tulsa and I didn't know about the Tulsa race massacre. And if I ever heard about it, it was called a riot and it was not a riot. It was a massacre. They went in, they were mad that these people were thriving in Greenwood. And I will say that I've been to Tulsa and I went through the Greenwood Rising at Museum and it is phenomenal. If you ever get out to Tulsa, you should go through it. But at the end, you can make a promise. And I mean, there are tears and there are, you know, new things that I learned. And at the end, you can make a promise. And so many of the little squares, it just, it pops up on the wall. It's digital. You put it into like a little kiosk looking thing and it'll pop up on the wall. And so many of the promises were, I promise to teach hard history, no matter the consequences. I promise to teach the truth. And so I know that, yes, there are people who are screaming and yelling about CRT. They're showing up at board meetings um, and yelling at school boards. There are people yelling on Facebook and Instagram. And um, But if you ask them to define CRT, they, I don't know if they would be able to do that. And I think a lot of people are getting CRT confused with culturally relevant teaching, are getting it confused with diversity, equity, inclusion, all of these initiatives that schools are taking in order to be a more inclusive community, not to be a divisive community. Right. Right. I mean, and I, I mean, I have, and I have for years, I have a poster called the civil rights meeting and it's got, and it's framed and it's up and. Uh, it's got Malcolm X, Dr. King, Barack Obama, and Nelson Mandela. And it's beautiful. You can get it on Amazon. And I'm just like, am I going to get in trouble for having a framed picture? Am I going to get in trouble for having Maya Angelou framed with one of her most iconic poems ever? Like, I, that's kind of how we started the year. Like, we just didn't know. And I can't imagine for like a first or second year teacher them walking into it going, you know, I don't know, am I going to get in trouble? Especially our history and English friends. And that's a really scary thought because one of the first things that I do whenever I'm planning a lesson is I think about who's sitting in my classroom and I think, is this person represented? So am I representing my black students? Am I representing my Asian students? Where in my curriculum do indigenous peoples fall? So that Everybody can see themselves in one way or another, um, both the hard stuff, but then also the joyful things too. 100%. You have to bring the joy in. And then I, I try to also talk about blind spots with my colleagues. What am I missing? So that, mm. so that there's nobody that feels like they're in a classroom that doesn't feel like home to them. I love that. Yes, 100%. That's what we should be doing. And to not be allowed to do that in a world where I can't take into consideration my students of color, it, it hurts me. But then I also have to remember, as a white woman, how do they feel not being represented or having their identities be a, a cause of controversy? 
A hundred percent. And I mean, I teach middle school, so I teach seventh and eighth graders and they are, they know they are, they know what happened to George Floyd. They are coming into your class, knowing exactly what's happening in the world around them. So there's no pretending that they don't. And, you know, we do Socratic seminars. I bet you do too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'll read a text like Maya Angelou is in our curriculum and we read a text about Maya Angelou and then they write questions and then we discuss it and I teach them how to speak to each other. And this is how we respectfully disagree. And it, I mean, it's brought up a lot, you know, how our black mamas raise a black boy differently than a white mama raises a white boy. And they, they can talk about it. They can have conversations about it because they know their mamas say, you know, you don't wear your hood outside. You don't walk into a store with your hood on. If a police officer stops you, you do everything you're asked. Um, so they don't necessarily look at some of our police officers or the police as someone safe. My son would be like, oh, a police officer, he's safe. She's safe. But not necessarily a Black, Indigenous person of color in our students. And at what point are the, is the skin weaponized, you know? And that's the, and that's where we are. I mean, there's no pretending that we're not. And to stop us from talking about race is really having us not talk about American history, because no matter how far back you go, and I'm going to bring up the very controversial 1619 number, but no matter how far back you go, race is on the books. It's in primary Mm -hmm. source documents. It's talked about in, in law. It's talked about in letters. I mean, it's, it's so hard to even find sources that don't bring up what a person's skin looks like in our country. So to censor a teacher and tell them that you can't talk about that because it makes another student feel badly. Well, it makes the other student feel badly because you're denying them their sense of self. Sure. Well, and yeah, the kids are well aware. And I will say, even though this bill is in place, I haven't heard a single teacher getting in actual trouble. I haven't. Not in my building, not in district. I don't know if it's hush-hush. I don't know. But I haven't heard that. And usually, you know, of course, the media picks up on, on anything that has to do with a teacher that's controversial, right? And so I, I haven't. Not even in the, you know, outlying in some of our rural areas. So I don't know if teachers are censoring themselves because they're scared. But I know the teachers that I work aren't censoring themselves because they're teaching, they're teaching hard history. And I think we have to, our kids deserve that. We made a commitment as teachers. And I mean, I know we don't have a Hippocratic oath like doctors do, but when we became teachers, we made a commitment to teach every child every day. And laws like this can't stop us from doing that. Mm. A hundred percent. And I mean, like, I know that I can't tell my students who I voted for. I know that. I know that I can't um, do anything like that. But I can make sure, like you said, everybody's represented, that they can see themselves in the curriculum, 
that they are in a safe, you know, safe space. And, you know, you know, big education people, your principals, your superintendents, they're all going to push relationships, right? Because Mm -hmm. we know that relationships fix 99.9% of any issue in your classroom. So if that child needs to be loved in that way, they need to be able to see themselves represented, then if you're not teaching them that way, then you don't have the relationship and you can't teach them. I mean, that's, that's kind of where we are. I, I think it'll go away. I don't know, maybe not. Um, but I think eventually we will turn a corner and people will stop yelling about it. And mostly the people yelling about it are parents at board meetings. I really hope so. I mean, I don't understand how someone can think that they went to school and know how to do our job like that. I that I is something I really struggle right. with. <laughs> but um, to me, it's doing a kid a disservice if you're not representing them. And it's also not indoctrination to tell kids that that they're that they are a part of of history, that they are a part of literature, that they are a part of mathematics, that they're a part of science. That's not indoctrination. And when I'm talking about the civil rights movement, or if I'm talking about Black Lives Matter, or if I'm talking about enslavement, the idea is not to make anyone feel guilty about things that went on in the past or things that are happening far away from them. It's to make them aware of things that are happening and make them passionate about wanting to do something about it. A hundred percent. I see so many so I call them my social justice warriors because I mean, as a kid. I don't think I was that way. I was raised in a white middle class home and in the, you know, 80s and 90s and maybe we weren't talking about it, but I don't feel like I became a social justice warrior until I was in my 30s when I started getting kind of mad that nobody taught me about the Tulsa race massacre. When I'm finding things out that I didn't know that like they like Thanksgiving <laughs> that were on stolen land. Uh, you know, they said that we, it was all peaceful. That wasn't true. And so, but I, my, my students, and I bet you see it too, that they are aware and they are becoming that social justice warrior. They are sticking up for the marginalized. I mean, they're still honoring and their kids and they, you know, make poor choices sometimes, but that's what I see. I see that they are standing up for themselves. And so I'm, still of the belief that the youth will save us. So to you, what does it mean to be an anti-racist teacher? And what can you recommend to others about anti-racism in the classroom? Um, keeping in mind that we're coming at it from a, a white female perspective. Right. Well, in my book, Untold Teaching Truths, I have a chapter um, called, it's called Inclusive Classrooms and Culturally Relevant Teaching. And my precious editor was like, I want you to take it out. And I said, no, because anybody who knows me knows that I'm going to have an opinion about this. And if anybody knows me at all and buys my book and I don't have a chapter about inclusive classrooms and culturally relevant teaching, um, then I'm not being true to who I am. So, you know, I'll say this, I'll just read this small part. Systems never change until those who benefit from them 
determine that changing the system is more beneficial to them than the benefit they derive from it. And so to me in middle school, it's, you know, calling out my coworkers who might have one of those microaggressions. And that is hard. That is hard because you, you work with these people and some of them come from a different generation. Uh, You know, and if they say, well, we had a black president, so racism is gone. Woohoo. I mean, you can't say that. You can't say you're colorblind because you see children. So you can't be colorblind. You see them for who they are. Uh, And it is, I think it's offering our students authors who look like them you know I do a lot on Black History Month but recently in the last five years I've done a lot of you know the Hispanic culture and delving into that and that's what it looks like for me teaching students how to talk teaching them how to be respectful teaching coworkers, and checking your own privilege on a daily basis if you don't realize that you have privilege, then it's hard to go anywhere from there. But if I'm checking my white privilege on a daily basis, my, it doesn't mean my life hasn't been hard. Exactly. Yes. It just means that the, it's not because of the color of my skin. Now I have a daughter who lives with a pretty profound disability. I, you know, I had to fight off a homeless man when I was 22 and had to go to a trial. And I mean, like I've had all of these things happen that have made my life hard, but it's not because of the color of my skin. So that's what I think anti-racist teaching means. I think the quote that you read from your book is beautiful. Um, And listeners, if you have a moment and you want to go and get Katie's book. It's Untold Teaching Truths. And Katie, can we pick that up on Amazon? Yes, it's on Amazon. Um, I have a webpage, uh, katiekinder.com. You can go to that and purchase it there. It's, you can get it. Um, You know, I kind of, being an English teacher and a writing teacher, I love to kind of love on a book. Um, But you can also get it digitally. You can download it uh, anywhere you you get books, you can, you can find it. And I'll put the link to that down in the show notes so that it's really, really easy for you to access and go and grab it. Uh, Katie, thank you so much for this conversation. It's a conversation that I'm hoping to come back to, um, on the show a whole bunch of times with a whole bunch of different people from different perspectives and different backgrounds, um, and different colors so that we can all learn from one another and figure out what this means to all of us and how to work together to make sure that we're giving our students, all of our students, the best education and the most truthful education that we possibly can. So Katie, thank you so very, very much for coming and sharing your experience with us. I want to come back. We can do it another time too. I would love that. Uh, Katie and I got to talk a little bit before the show and I found out that she is also podcasting from her closet and I, yeah. <laughs> I think I found a connection. <laughs> it's the only way. I don't know if you're a fan of Glennon Doyle. Hey, Glennon Doyle, we can do hard things. Um, but she also does her best work in the closet. Um, and so, yeah, I've got a desk set up in here and everything. It's the place that our kids can't find us and bother us. <laughs> we love them, but come on. 
Yes. <laughs> and also, hi from me too, Glennon Doyle. So, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very, very much for tuning in to the Teaching History podcast today. Katie Kinder again was our guest, and you can grab her book, Untold Teaching Truths, from either her website, katiekinder.com, or you can go to Amazon or any place books are sold. Thank you again for either being a repeat listener or for being here for the first time, if this is your first time listening, I hope that you will come back and I hope that I will be able to talk to you next time on the Teaching History Her Way podcast. If you would like to get in touch with me between episodes, you can find me on my website, www.teachinghistoryherway.com or on Twitter at History Her Way, Instagram at Teaching History Her Way or on Facebook, facebook.com slash, you got it, Teaching History Her Way. Have a great day, everybody. And I will talk to all of you really soon. Bye.